Welcome to the Any Last Words podcast. Four overzealous friends, severely in over their heads, navigate what they claim to be areas of their own expertise, be it nerd culture, politics, or critiquing media. Join us, if you will. For these may very well be... Our last words. Nerd ultima verba. Hello, me again. I'm not asked to find material for the intro this week either, so here's some food for thought. Why is it that tall people are expected to help short people with high shelves, but if we ask a short person to pick up something on the ground that we've dropped, it's insulting? Like, if we have to spare you the trouble of finding a footstool, you guys can spare us some fucking back pain, you ungrateful little nasty hobbitses. That's all. Three, two, one. My name is Brandon, and I hate myself for I'm not here. Uh, well, it is possibly the pinnacle of the ALW podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Any Last Words podcast, rated 15 out of three bagels out of three Subway sandwiches on iTunes. By username, I don't know why I'm bringing back this bit. It is a blatant ripoff of the Misfits. I'm joined here adjacent to myself with my first favorite human and third favorite manager, except that's a blatant lie, first favorite manager. It's Reggie, it's me, I'm here, I'm always first. Naturally. And the extraordinarily sleep-deprived representation of all gamers everywhere on the planet, if not the universe, as we foresee it. I am the second favorite, I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm above you. Well, I didn't sad, rank but, you, know, you but, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's whatever. There is no ranks when it comes to gamers. Exactly. Well, what do you mean? There is. Oh, that is just the most. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to leave that alone. <laughs> Brandon's dead, unfortunately, so we've replaced him. Not permanently, just for the week, with our guest, our very, very much highly anticipated guest. Drum roll, please. No one bash a table, or I swear to God, I'll strangle them. Either I was about to, so thank God. I was gonna bash my laptop. I know where you live. Do not bash anything. Either way, uh, we've been leaving it for a little bit too long, taking this bit out for a solid minute. Introducing my favorite man right over here. Oh, hi. I am Justice. I am an American. I am a poltergeist. Wow. I have taken over Brendan's body, and I am not letting him go. So oh. you're stuck with me now. I mean, as you should, American. honestly. <laughs> That's a true American. <laughs> that explains me. It explains his morbid fascination with Arby's. You know, it's all falling together yeah. now. Like exactly. Brandon, he he mm. never was good at you know being of his own Asian ethnicity. If anything, I was better at it than he was. So like, this is, explains <laughs> a lot now. Yes. Oh no. Yes. I mean, yeah, exactly. true. It really is. We can't go one episode without shitting on Brandon, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Hi, I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I've just been listening and I've been, you know, shitting on him nonstop. Sorry, Brandon, but... No, no, I mean, it's certainly He natural. provides plenty of content. He does, and we love him for it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. The only yes, why he's here. Indeed, hello. That's it, everybody. That's a representation of all yep. Americans whatsoever. But well, yes. is that is that really fair to say that you're a representative of all Americans? Because if anything, <sighs> I think you're a bit against the grain. You know, honestly, I would say, uh, yeah, no, I'm not. Like, I don't know. That sounds like you know one of the statistics you were reading fairly recently. Uh, yes, I am on... one of those 
many Americans who consider him smarter than the average American. Um, you know, that's a great mm. sign. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, it really is. Yeah, Dunning Kruger effect in full flow right there. Right. Yes. And I, I would say I'm a, a representative in the sense that I am um, just you know another white male. <laughs> so you know all the riveting content coming from that. Just like a white male ex-wife. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> another white male. <laughs> yes. Also me. Uh, Surprise. Hello, Calendar, Hello, and welcome to the White Male Club. Uh, you've been a guest of it much longer than I have, but I shall welcome you irregardless. Yes. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I feel yeah. very welcome. So, aside from white male and American, yes. you know, yes. what else would you imply yourself as? Yes. Also, sure. above uh, intelligence. <laughs> Uh, I am uh, 24 years old, uh, just about. I will be in a couple of days. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. It's uh, one of my highest achievements. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I I also thank you very much. Um, Birthday month twins uh, right here. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, I also am a pharmacy technician uh, in the, you know, northwest part of the United States. Uh, I work in a hospital here, and uh, that is currently where I am at, at this very moment. Lovely. Uh, Yeah, and he's not lying. He is very much at work at his own residence of occupation recording for the podcast. So if you people love the level of dedication that not only our hosts, but our guests provide uh, for this podcast, don't forget to hit that fucking like button, smash that notification bell, subscribe to the channel. Why not? And share this with your grandmother. You know, like I'm already talking with your grandmother. Exactly. Grandma already knows who I am. All right. I can't, I go, I see her more often than you do. All right. Exactly. We like, eat her cookies without you. Exactly. And she really wants you to go see her more often. But, you know, like, you're just being too... Re- you're off being a rebellious little twat and, you know, re- not respecting your elders. So yeah, My grandma's dead. Exactly. Being a Brandon to your own grandma. How could you? <laughs> We're just going to brush the fact that Budgie's grandma's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, we're just we're just glossed right over that. <laughs> Sorry, Grandma, no time. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, a few of mine are dead as well, but it is what it is. Either way, mm-hmm. here we are. But yes, yeah, so you've mentioned. Be careful. Tell you us really why do. they're dead, Cal. Well, unfortunately, it seems the human body, uh, with all of its faults, is only designed to last so long before the oxygen gets to it. I mean, actually, that is an interesting theory some people have, where they believe oh. that oxygen, like the uh, the oxygen, is slightly toxic to the human body, and uh, it eventually kills you. So th- there's little merit so, to it, but it's an interesting idea that oxygen. So I believe kills the detectives, you. detectives are still investigating the stab wounds. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Uh, they they died of stab wounds and breathing air for the past sixty years, oh. essentially. Oh, you went for the the oxygen, um, topic. Well, I thought you were going for one of our other topics. 
I thought to educate the masses about how some people think that oxygen is dangerous to them. But uh, to be fair, I mean, this is also a partially American audience that this will be broadcast to. So we got to educate them as much as we can. Exactly. True. True. Yes. But uh, I mean, as you've mentioned only just recently, you, uh, my good sir, are in the medical field as a pharmaceutical technician and whatnot. And with your experience in that regard, you've come to a couple of conclusions about uh, what I believe some people would call getting lit high in the Ah, sky with uh, Lucy, you know? Certainly. Yeah, no, I know that um, as somewhat of a pastime interest, I like to study um, more so reading uh, accounts of um, people who document their experiences with uh, investigational medications, I would say, aka in this sense, it being more so of the, um, you know, psychedelic variety. Naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not obviously uh, in any way imply uh, that I myself take any part in these uh, substances, though. Exactly. Uh, For all legal disclosure. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, and, but uh, it, I do have a fascination with reading some of the documented, uh, you know, uh, accounts as well as myself being an advocate for um, generalized uh, legalization uh, and decriminalization of most, uh, you know, I guess, recreational drug use. Naturally. Uh, And I mean, like, the criminalization of it does stem back to uh, the war on drugs, President Nixon, Reagan, and so forth. Exactly. Like, it's it's not illegal because... Uh, there was a genuine medical concern. It, it was genuinely uh, a race thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, a lot of these drugs were actually legalized in the United States for a long time. But then, um, I mean, you have on record. Uh, mm. uh, I mean, I believe it was Nixon who said that, you know, basically uh, admitted outright that, you know, he waged the drug war because he knew that. Um, he was never going to get the vote of uh, the black population. So how do you get rid of those who you know are going to vote against you? You put them in prison so they can't vote. And what's the best way to do that? Well, everyone was doing drugs at the time. So exactly. you criminalize drugs and then you only really enforce it on people in a certain rate. Um, I mean, mm. when it comes to like the opiates, the um, heroin and so on and so forth there were actually like opium dens in the United States uh, during a period of time. And the reason why they, you know, uh, made those illegal was that uh, they were typically run by uh, the Chinese. And of course, you know, um, the whole fear was, oh, well, you know, your daughters are going to get swept up in these opium dens by these Chinese if you keep them open. So, you know, you got to protect your daughters, right? So make it illegal yeah uh pretty much and i mean unfortunately that <clears throat> retains to this day well uh no. just the general policies it, it's not as if anything major has occurred in the otherwise uh 
What was the point I was going to make? I've completely forgotten everything about my existence <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Who am I? Exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, one could even argue for the medical benefits thereof. I mean, you certainly... Uh, oh, certainly. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're like a, a medical opinion on regards. So, like, there are definitely benefits to recreational use as far as your certainly. studies included. Yeah, and there are, you know, official studies that are going on, um, you know, constantly. And um, I was just reading uh, from uh, one of these studies, I believe, Oh gosh, it, I want to say it was a study from the Rand Corporation, maybe. But um, mm. they the study concluded that um, MDMA, um, also well known as uh, ecstasy or Molly, um, paired with uh, talk therapy, uh, is significantly incredible for people with PTSD and helping resolve that. Um, obviously, you know I advocate for the recreational use on its own. Uh, though the studies showed that the recreational use on its own didn't really improve DTSD mm -hmm. or anything, but um, both the combination of this drug that is so demonized ecstasy, uh, as well as talk therapy, they found, you know, it's just absolutely astounding. Constantly when they do studies like that, they find more and more evidence that, oh, these things aren't absolutely terrible and in fact work better than some other things for people who are suffering from different things like that. Mm. Which I mean uh, is a pretty profound notion like even amongst a lot of people who are okay with uh, say like marijuana or, or uh, psychobillin mm. and whatnot, the idea mm. of uh, MDMA being beneficial medically even that is uh, like that is certainly <laughs> something which has been heavily socially stigmatized. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And what yeah, I find, then, yeah, sorry, do go on. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, there's um, there's even a, uh, a college professor, uh, uh, oh, Dr. Carl, oh, that's embarrassing, I can't remember his last name right now, but um, I know that he was a professor who has dedicated a lot of time to studying the same things and advocates for recreational drug use and even has admitted that he on occasion, as being a college professor, has partaken. In, in heroin use, which, granted, you know, mm. things like heroin, I I think there's an amount of a um, understandable stigma, certainly when it comes to the opiates, but nonetheless, you know, it's not just like me as some, you know, hippie, like 24-year-old, like kid, just yeah. advocating for stuff like that. You have college professors and doctors, mm. and all mm -hmm. sorts of and I mean, yeah, Barack Obama said in his obituary that uh, he admitted to doing cocaine as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, on the topic, like, uh, I like to point this out because I think it's hilarious because a lot of the people who are, you know, against drugs are very much a conservative, conservative uh, Christian type and whatnot. But oh, Jesus I definitely would have used marijuana. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if he existed, like, I'm not going to, I'm going to leave that debate for another day, but. Well, I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed he at least existed, but it's like mm. the bigger topic is, you know, whether or not the events yeah, of his life yeah. played out. But yeah, mm. I mean, uh, certainly like you see back in the day, like uh, all sorts of Greek uh, doctors and things like that, ancient Greek doctors who naturally about using like marijuana. So why? I mean, I think Jesus was around certainly during a time in which 
marijuana use at the very least was mm-hmm. being used and i yeah i think without a doubt yeah like and controversial yeah and at the time uh, it was jewish custom to use uh prolific amounts of marijuana in various uh, ceremonies and whatnot like baptisms they were baptizing babies with marijuana essentially like I mean, a, who wouldn't right? exactly like who would not it's not they weren't forcing the babies to ingest marijuana or anything but uh they have to psych- make the baby yeah. smoke make sure they're cool <laughs> but yeah like a psychedelics and whatnot i mean they've always had some form of religious significance because it's a bit of a profound experience so for a lot of cultures uh they they created a the, there's like a connection between a lot of these substances and having religious significance so they essentially mm-hmm. just uh they they would make oils and such out of marijuana and uh yeah, yeah use that in ceremonial circumstances uh i mean this is less applicable but the the, the greeks the highest power of you know came from the uh the oracles uh, as far as greek mm-hmm. and even greco roman i think that persisted several uh centuries after uh the original the what is it? The Senate era? Yeah, close enough. Either way, uh, the the highest power in all of Greco-Roman society were essentially a bunch of women sitting on volcanic vents getting high as fuck! Okay. And uh, their, their drivel would essentially be taken as direct word of God. I mean, that persists throughout Ed cultures globally, like a... Yeah. Uh, people under the influence uh, in ancient times, that was about as close as you could get to a god. So I just kind of oh, find yeah. that... Uh, I, I find it kind of... I don't know, almost... poetic. That sure. uh, the very foundation of what a lot of people are fighting against is pretty much what they're fighting against. I mean, honestly. And, I mean, look at, like, the the I mean, if you want to talk about local America, I mean, the Native American tribes and their yes, like definitely. Alaska, I mean, it's completely spiritual, and but yes. I mean, you know, like you said, it is there's an irony in it, certainly. Mm. So I, I mean, I believe substances have been legalized for those religious purposes. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how much when it comes to the um, the actual. Uh, you know, uh, reservations and stuff, but, mm. um, uh, fun fact for you guys just being, you know, where I am now, um, when it comes to drugs and stuff. So, uh, we do have a, um, overseeing government body that, you know, defines the, uh, I don't know, the, the level of, uh, I suppose like, um, abuse potential of of drugs as well Mm. as and classifies them by that so at the very top you have a class one controlled substance which refers to things that are illegal um so things like i mean still technically federally illegal is marijuana you have things like heroin you know so on so forth um but then class two controlled substances you know are are the highest controlled class but we do still use them like um you know if you break your arm and uh you need pain medication more often than not that pain medication is going to be a class two controlled substance or if you take adhd medication um you know and the lowest class being class five 
typically like cough syrups and things like that. But um, here in the hospital, um, when it comes to like the control two substances, um, something that we use often is uh, just straight up cocaine. We have cocaine hydrochloride. Uh, and so I have held cocaine in my hand and delivered it before. And, uh, you know, that's a fun one. Exactly. Um, for full yeah. legal disclosure, done under medical circumstances, yada, yada, yada. You, you get the gist, yes. listeners. This, this yes. is a legal adult, it was pure discussion. Prescription cocaine delivered to a patient and used by a licensed professional for that patient. It was, you know, I like to joke that the cocaine is really for the doctors, but, mm. you know, no. But, um, then also, uh, not to mention, I, I did mention heroin before, but just a fun fact about heroin. Um, it, it was originally uh, created in the, I, in the United States itself, actually. And uh, it was created to be a less addictive alternative to morphine, mm. uh, which uh, I don't know if you know this, but heroin, uh, just as if not more addicting than morphine. Uh, but the company that originally had the patent to it was Bayer, who um, I'm sure if, if you guys have gotten aspirin before, um, you may be familiar with Bayer as the, the manufacturer for a lot of aspirin in modern day. But yep, yeah, fairly probably Bayer used company. to make prescription heroin. Yeah, I mean, it's all connected and whatnot. Uh, I mean, drugs yep. are drugs. If you're in the business, then you're doing them all. Yep. And I'm a drug dealer. It professionally. <laughs> yes, exactly. License. A licensed <laughs> professional drug dealer. Yeah. But I mean, one could definitely make the argument that, I mean, obviously, like, a, this has been decades in the making, but the war on drugs is, I mean, not only is it uh, uh, counterproductive to society as a whole, but it's also like a costly expense. So. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, like it is running at a negative profit and there is absolutely no impact. Like if anything, I'm pretty sure drug usage rates are actually on the increase and the implementation, implementation of a lot of these policies related to the war on drugs has, if anything, given more power to the illegal drug trade and whatnot. Uh, Certainly. Yeah, especially like on an international scale, like a foreign mm -hmm. drug cartels have just become immensely more powerful because oh, yeah. uh, of what of what's going on. So, I mean, what's your general argument or your statement there, like, uh, as for legalization? Like, I mean, there's other well, benefits. Yeah, certainly. I mean, yeah. it, when you bring up the cartels, like, uh, I mean, generally speaking, when it comes to, uh, you know, you talk about conservative Americans, a lot of conservative Americans are like, well, there are too many Mexicans and like all these Mexicans are coming over to this country and all this stuff. Well, what they don't think about is the fact that like a lot of the Mexicans that are coming from Mexico or just other parts of South America, um, you know, these people are people who are running like to find refuge because of those same drug cartels a lot of the time. And those drug cartels, you know, they own so much of the countries and the thing that gives them so much power is that like about 80% of their, the money that they make is made from selling in America. Mm. I mean, 
literally as long as we have this uh, the criminalization of these drugs, there's going to be a black market for them. Exactly. As long as there's a black yeah. market, I mean, you know, they're going to thrive. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, our FDA and other, you know, Food and Drug Administration, uh, the oversight board there, mm-hmm. are, they're working on banning menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars. And it's like, the the entire reason that they're claiming to do it, which is kind of true, is that um, you know uh, the largest populace you see using these things is black population, um, mm. but that's also because for decades that's who those products were marketed entirely to, and exactly. to try and resolve this problem, they're just banning the products altogether instead of you know mm. maybe. Uh, adjusting the advertising and things like that. Well, now these things are, since they're not going to be available standard, uh, they're going to move to the black market. And already the government's working on setting up black market, uh, uh, I guess, crackdowns on these things. But uh, Mm. they would have avoided the issue altogether if they didn't criminalize it. Yeah, so I mean, like, what you're implying is that it's still very much a race thing, like a... Absolutely. Jesus. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's concerning as to the lengths that a government will go towards something so counterintuitive. I mean, what is your own personal belief, I suppose, as to the reason why any sort of governing body would, I mean, essentially continue such a dead program for roughly, what, 60 years? Yeah, certainly, you know, uh, you hear... So many people ask Biden, like Joe Biden, you know, uh, when if he's going to legalize marijuana and he makes all these arguments of, you know, Mm. oh, we need to study it more and things like that. But he's never been on the side. He's always been a drug warrior. And so ultimately what it comes down to why continue these things is because ultimately um, as long as these, you know, as long as you have the the population fighting amongst themselves they're mm-hmm. not going to be as concerned with what's going on in the government and that applies to more than just drugs um especially in uh, the united true. states but drugs are a big thing is that you know uh they're continuing to criminalize the same people we have an absurdly uh imbalanced uh pop like prison population that yes, you know you'll definitely. hear you'll hear these arguments of you know well like you know black people or mexicans are just committing more crimes no that's not true what's yeah. happening is they are penalized for more crimes but they don't commit crimes at a higher rate certainly not by a long shot and the crimes that they do mm. commit tend to be more so petty crimes whereas you have i mean look at any uh boardroom and on wall street it's all these like white men uh who are effectively robbing i mean millions of dollars uh from the you know working class Mm. and committing all sorts of crimes and they don't get as much as a slap on the wrist because you know, they can pay off that same government who's doing them these favors by exactly. keeping the working class fighting. 
with itself. And uh, yeah, I mean, you brought up the uh, the prison industry and whatnot. And I mean, a lot of people don't recognize that it's so heavily privatized and uh, oh, they, absolutely. They, run, uh, they run their profits based on quotas about uh, how many people that they've incarcerated. So uh, yep. there's such a high prominence of uh, privatized prison uh, prisons throughout the US and mm -hmm. uh, they essentially make profits by incarcerating as many people as possible. So they're targeting minorities absolutely. and whatnot. Cheap labor. Uh, Cheapest labor you'll get anywhere. Exactly. It's legalized slavery. Yeah. And it costs the same. Last I checked, I mean, don't quote me on this, but last I checked, it costs the same for the taxpayers to run a privatized prison than it does for an actual one, uh, like a, a state-governed one. And True. I'm pretty sure more uh, a lot of privatized prisons, if they don't make quotas, then they tax the government uh if, if they don't make uh prison quotas uh i mean it's privatized they're there for profit. yeah they probably get all sorts of subsidies yeah absolutely exactly so uh i mean while the war on drugs itself isn't exactly a profitable nor a, an effective program it's it's all interconnected throughout the rest of society and a lot of other industries oh, garner to profit from it and uh yeah. Yeah, for whatever reason, I mean, the Australian government too, but there's nothing more a government likes than making a loss to help someone who will donate a couple million to them down the line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which uh, yep. is a horrible business model, because let's be honest, a couple million isn't going to offset the billions that you're expending a year on crappy programs and whatnot. No, but it's a couple million going into the pockets of, you know, people high up yeah. whereas the billions that are lost are coming from the people at the bottom of the mm. totem pole yeah i mean it is what it is capitalism burn it to the ground <laughs> all that shit yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah either way uh something a bit more light-hearted because why the fuck not it's time for Please my favorite segment and yours uh that's right ladies and gentlemen it's that jolly old theme music which you always hear it's happening right now i haven't done anything to it i'm not going to change it whatsoever you can't make me it's the same track as always that's right ladies and gentlemen it is a thunder bust which is totally not shark tank please don't sue us yeah. whatever channel owns that and uh today of course uh, at his own request mind you so he's got more balls than half of my <laughs> co-host do uh justice decided that he himself would actually present this week's uh fund or bust so oh, yeah you know i didn't come in here unless i had something to pitch exactly i am a Oof red-blooded capitalists through and through exactly it, it doesn't get any better than this this peak capitalism right here ladies and gentlemen <laughs> either way uh, now remind me what my um what my product i have for you is please uh, exactly please. marijuana oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, do you sell marijuana just, just <laughs> marijuana oh. <laughs> that was just a working title marijuana well, yes um, <laughs> but, um, that's not actually you think yes <laughs> no oh uh, okay uh, <laughs> I mean, it can be if you want. I'm just saying, like, we no, haven't certainly. funded the business yet, so you're welcome to change up the direction at any time. No, or you can just like, I know, I know it's funny. Yes, you can disenfranchise the name from the business practice if you'd so desire. But yes, here we have a representative <laughs> from Justice's Jolly Joysticks. Yes, it's me, Justice of Justice's Jolly Joysticks. You may also know me from products such as Justice's Juicy Joints. Um. But my jolly joysticks, let me tell you, 
these things, they, I mean, it gets better than this, but not much. Ooh. We're, we're pretty Let much almost at the peak. Yes. Yes. You like retro gaming. This is true. Good. Yes. Yes. Do you like modern gaming? Yes. yes. This is also Both true. controllers have joysticks, but don't you hate that your joysticks, while they mostly don't make noise, the ones that do, just really annoying squeaking, right? You need to spice it up. Now you have oh, do I? Justice's Jolly Joysticks. Absolutely. You're trying to oh play your, your, your Legend of Zelda's. You're trying to play your, your, your Mario Brothers. Um, you know, uh, and, and you're just like, well, the game is fun and all, but I'm just not living in it enough. How would you like it if every time you moved your character or you went to, you know, look at an object in your uh, 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 Elder Scrolls games, you know, so on and so forth, Naturally. and your joystick howled like a banshee. It It is. I, I, I'm trying to think of any other sounds, but that that is the one that I've been able to nail down. I've got it recorded, and, uh, you know, every time you move, it, it is a ear-splitting cat yell that, oh. uh, you know, oh, someday my. it will have um, any other audio clip, but that is what I've got right now. That's Trust me, it's jolly somehow. It will get there. I think I've got some Christmas ideas, but... <laughs> Those don't come oh around for another few months. It really doesn't. I'm gonna give it to my mom. Perfect. She will love it. I mean, hey, exactly. I can't think of anyone's mother who would not love one of these jolly joysticks. I know, right? Now this that is I, why. Yeah. I need the funding. I, you know, you, uh, you guys, you guys, you pay into it, and I'll have things that are like, oh, I don't know, the air brakes of a semi truck, or, you mm. know, um. A, a, a train miles away, you know, those sounds that just fill you with joy. Am I right? They really do. You are not wrong. You're Nothing not wrong. brings me more joy than That's the sound of distant what, train noises. <laughs> That's what I call we, American we ingenuity. Who exactly. Does? Trains are great. I was now, a train kid, you know? Damn, we should have made you pitch a train instead. <laughs> I mean, I've got all sorts of ideas. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I can see that this business has got places to go. But if I'm ever going to afford a train, I am going to need these joysticks sold. Yes, I did not just die then. You cannot prove anything. <laughs> I am Haven't still counting. Yes, now. either way. What do you Jolly joysticks. Wait, how much is Justice this? That's it a good question. How is much? a nominal fee of forty payments of nine ninety nine plus tax. <laughs> hmm. But, uh, is this American dollars? Is this U.S. dollars or a? Yes, I. Damn. Don't be ridiculous. I I am not putting in the work to do these conversions. But. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You know, I, I will give you that. I hate conversions also. Yeah. It's not international, it's only regional. Are they better than Joy-Cons? 
you guys are going to fund this, but it's not being distributed anywhere but the United States for now. We'll oh, see. I Maybe see. I'll get around to it. Well, I mean, that's what if they said about Starlink. It, it could be international. This is true. Mm. It could be if I get. But the do we want it to? <laughs> I'm telling you. Mm. I mean, where are you going to get your banshee noises otherwise? <laughs> ah, he's got a point. You can't feel jolly yeah. with a jolly joystick. You yeah, really can't. Exactly. <laughs> that is my slogan. I, I don't know how you guessed it. Yeah, I haven't felt jolly in I'm years, so like this might be the pickup I need. <laughs> exactly. I'm just gonna pick up some joy. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. Exactly. Well, uh, okay. I, I think. Why don't we yeah. ask Mr. Justice to leave the room? Just briefly. Just briefly. Well, okay, I will delegation. This door, this door here is the door I leave. Yes, yeah, it's one. right next to Excuse the yeah. cow-shaped guitar. Gotcha. Cow yes, I, I see that. Thank you for describing. <laughs> next to the coffee machine. Yeah. I will Lovely. leave. Just out through this the door. little cage through there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ignore the children in it. Okay, go go back mine. to America. <laughs> <laughs> That was a bit racist, but it was funny, so I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, so what do we okay. think about this? Well, I think they're jolly in their joysticks at a potentially reasonable price, provided they're in Canadian dollars. Yeah. I mean, as long as they're better yeah. than uh, these goddamn Joy-Cons and the Joy-Con drifting. This is true. Like, did he say 40 I mean, payments of nine ninety nine? Yes, he did say that. But it's only nine ninety nine, you know. Like if it was ten dollars, then we'd have an issue. But I feel like nine ninety nine is pretty reasonable. That's like four hundred dollars. Sorry, just is popping it? my head back in. Uh, that is also plus tax. Excuse me, I'll step back oh. out this door now. Leave. That's the. That is the most American fucking thing. The taxes aren't included on the price tag. Yeah. I know. That fact alone might make me not want a jolly He's joystick. He's really telling us to read the fine print. I know. What is this? America? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hmm. Uh. You know what? I kind of want it. I kind of want to see it international. I do. With taxes included in the With price taxes tag. taxes included. Exactly. Everyone else got the point. Everyone else figured it out. But either way. Uh, and I want to hear that, you know, that cat screeching, the train, exactly. the train, the train one's really got me going. Yeah. Budge, how do you feel about this? Hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, sure. <laughs> sure. Hmm. We need your gamer opinion. Exactly, you're the well, representation exactly. of all the The one games. problem I have is whenever I'm playing Breath of the Wild and I get Joy-Con drifting, which is the most annoying thing ever to deal with. As long as mm. there's no drifting, I'm happy to fund it. <laughs> I mean, I have a feeling that if there is drifting, then we can sue. Yeah. It could be. So there's always that. Exactly. So I think Let's do that. Like, yes, if something I bad happens, this, we can sue. Yeah. Yes, this this looks like an overwhelming yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Let's do okay. this. Uh, Justice representative of Justice's Jolly Joysticks, please uh, do re-enter the room. 
Oh, uh, yes. Thank you. Yes. I, uh, I also brought you. with me. Oh, um, <laughs> good news. I have brought with me just in case my very American lawyer. He is extremely silent, but let me tell you, he is rock solid. Uh, his <laughs> points are, rock. his points are, not him. Yes. Oh, my. Uh, they're quite an intimidating fellow right He's there. just as his yeah. pet rock. Well, it's my pet <laughs> lawyer who happens to be a rock. Oh, and a pocket lawyer. he will be listening in case there's any concern of lawsuits. Uh, well, I think, yeah. uh, in that regard, as as long as your joy uh, as long as not your joy cons, your jolly joysticks don't yes, drift. Thank you. Joy cons yes. are trash. No, joy cons are horrible. Fuck you, Nintendo. Both my jolly joysticks Oof. don't drift. Plus, while you know your your old pal Link is running around, you know, uh, finding those 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 Korok ch children and such. Uh, imagine if this joystick is, uh, you know, sounding like the beating of metal pans together. Metal now, pans? What an experience. Yeah. Damn, I thought I you were going to say the beating of children. Damn it. Um, uh, I mean, it's in the works. It takes some time to get audio files for oh. that and oh. avoid lawsuits. So There we go. Well, I mean, this sounds more promising the more we hear of it, but uh, yes, I, I think we're here to tell you that uh, Just Jolly Joysticks is receiving a resounding yes uh, from Thunderbus, totally not Shark Tank. Please don't sue Incredible. us whatever channel owns that program. Don't do it. Yes. I think don't it's the Food us. Network, but I don't actually think that. We'll I wouldn't know. This. I don't watch TV anymore. What Either way. That? What's TV? I don't, I'm not sure, actually. A relic Can of the you, like, cook bread I've heard that? rumors. Honestly, I wish. I believe it's a deity of some kind. Perhaps. Oh I'm sure like, people used to, like, congregate around it at specific hours of the day and, like, sit there mindlessly in front of it. Or yeah. some dystopian shit like that. Exactly. A deity. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, now, they will funded. go out shipping right away uh, to the United States and then uh, once the motivation hits, international. Gorgeous. Yes. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, make sure to jump onto Justice's Jolly Joysticks when you start seeing them go international. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Round of applause. So Round is a hundred percent that round of applause. Thank you so much. Come on, I know you're not clapping. Person who's I... watching this, clap harder, faster, now louder. No upside down. <laughs> exactly over your head. Start screaming loudly, and uh, hit the share button if you're watching this on YouTube and send it to your grandma. And hey. if you're watching this on Spotify, share it with your dad. Yes. There's a new one. But not in reverse. I will exactly. know. Exactly. Do, do not do this in reverse. We will find out. We have a very so special set of skills, which would make us a bit of a nightmare for people like yourselves. Yes. I'm butchering this, but we will find you and we will uh, force you to subscribe. On I did forget to mention, accounts. I've been Liam Neeson the entire time. Dear God, it is Liam Neeson.
Everybody, yes. it's, it's Liam Neeson. But oh, we're gonna brush over this fact. You're the guy from Willy Wonka, yeah? Yep, yeah, exactly. Liam Neeson, the guy from Willy Wonka, exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. my favorite guy from Willy Wonka. Here. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Hiya. But you know what, though? Talking about TV, yes. uh, we're, we're, we're fairly opinionated people on the topic of Avatar, The Last Airbender, and all succeeding series. My goodness. I, don't, I, I think that's something very much we could establish right off the bat. Yes. It's a pity, it's a pity that Brandon couldn't be here for this. I'm sure he would have loved this conversation. Too bad. This is his punishment. He's not here. Exactly. No, that's why we're having fault. this conversation. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I mean, uh, I feel like you, you yourself, Justice, have been one of the core defenders of the Legend of Korra, the seceding series uh, post defenders. of the original series. Defend, because let's be honest, well, I've... I've yes. My ta- my regards for the series are very vocalized and yes. very grumpy. Uh, but you, you've you've taken it within your heart to see the light and the darkness. It, exactly. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not a diehard defender, but I am certainly. I I give the bit. I don't. I, don't I I would say yes. I do enjoy a lot about Legend of Korra, but. Uh, uh, obviously, it goes without saying that The Last Airbender uh, was by far a superior series. Naturally. Um, yeah. Of, you know, you hear the argument a lot of people talking about the dynamics of the of the um, the villains, and I think that's really what gets me is that, like, I, I genuinely, that's what kept me watching was, was uh, the, the villains of each, uh, mm. I guess, chapter of Legend of Korra. Um, don't get me wrong, the love triangle bullshit, um, is what almost made me leave every single time, because that is beyond infuriating, but, I mean, Hmm. you can't get much better than Zaheer, like, Yes, I will concur with the pinnacle. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, not to mention, just, you know, lava bending, that shit's dope. This I also agree with. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yes. Don't have it in the first series. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I mean, I will clarify, like I myself do also have points of Legend of Korra, which I do enjoy. One of which being the world building uh, yes. of Legend of Korra. Yeah. Because, I mean, I will mention a lot of people thought that the change between the original series where everything was... Uh, uh, a lot less advanced compared to the Legend of Korra. A lot of people saw that stark contrast is much too uh, unrealistic, if you will. Yeah. But if you actually like draw a comparative study between the development of uh, the Avatar world and our own world with the Industrial Revolution, if anything, they're sure. completely on point. Like uh, the development sure. of the radio uh, after the boom of the Industrial Revolution is pretty much on point with exactly when it was developed in the Legend of Korra and whatnot. Like, yeah. it's that's actually spot on. So, like, for a history buff like myself, that's kind of thrilling to see. And I'll also concur, as you said, uh, like with lava bending and many other kinds, the amount of development that they put into not only societally, but I mean, uh, otherwise instrumentally with the prominence of what bending means to a society. Certainly. And how much they've explored it as a technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they've lost their way in a couple regards in that uh, the Avatar, I feel, 
has lost a lot of its uh the original theological basis for what it was that yeah. eastern foundation a lot yeah. of that thematically has been gone from what bending is representatively but what they've sure. built on it as an art form like uh we've got new bending styles and a lot of the fights uh or i wouldn't say that a lot of them are superior but a lot of them mm. do bring in new mechanics and whatnot yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it's fascinating that now we've got the the first uh, metal bending avatar oh, yeah, and whatnot. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool for sure. Uh, yeah, but for myself, that that that's about it. I would I will say on on the topic of the villains that they all make extraordinarily interesting character concepts, but then I feel like their execution does tend to fall short in certain regards. Uh, yeah. in that more often. Ideologically, their their basis is perfectly fine, but then how they're treated and their resolution and how they reflect on Korra falls short for me. Unalog, uh, yeah, like, I mean, he, his whole thing was meant to be about balance with the spirits and whatnot, but then it just turns out that he's just some dickhead who wants to become the Dark Avatar. Yeah, and the only reason why any sort of balance with the uh, spirits comes to fruition is on a whim made by Korra. Mm-hmm. Like, there was never any indication that that was some sort of goal individually of Korra's on her own regard, nor did Unalog ever, you know, want to actually bring forth the spirit realm into the human realm. Right, exactly. I mean... Yeah. But, I mean, you do genuinely see things like, you know, Amon. Uh, you know, there's the, the, his whole chapter is about sort of this um, growing... Um, you know, disliking of the bending population from the non-bending population and this whole revolution to, uh, you know, be rid of the benders. And you find out eventually, spoiler alert, that um, That he himself is a bloodbender. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, a waterbender, but then even further, uh, a bloodbender. But, um, I mean, his, his, uh, you know, motivations for doing that are i think i think they are well highlighted that you don't despise his character by the end of it um Mm. i mean granted yeah to his movement uh like his his movement and what he represented uh what he represented prior to that revelation at the end i feel was perfectly fine but then you realize that the entire reason why he did anything was to essentially tick off his brother who was in politics and his presence as a man uh was disturbing to his brother's uh prominent figure and whatnot so that to me, to me, like what they, what the individual villains stand for, or what they're trying to be stood in place of, is certainly like a, a it's a step in the right direction. But then, in the right. at the end of it, uh, he's completely decentralized and uh, disenfranchised from what he was meant to represent. He's just a bratty younger brother who has a family dispute because his father favored his elder brother, and he ended up in politics and shit. <laughs> yeah. oh. Is that what the the greater dispute was? I I, I thought, I guess, more so that uh, the motivation behind the movement was more so the fact that his father being a cruel bloodbender forced him and his brother to do cruel things as bloodbenders. And they eventually managed to say no and, you know, um, pushed away from all that. But I guess that is a a good point, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess 
I, the disenfranchisement, I suppose, I, I I guess the fact that his identity was revealed and he was shown to be a vendor, sure, that's a good reason to, I guess, give up and exile yourself and, you know, blow up yourself and brother in a speedboat. Um, mm. But, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess the more resounding uh, uh, impression I'd gotten from it was that... Um, you know, like for him, I mean, I don't, I can't justify Unalak's uh, dark intentions or whatever, but at least for Amon, it felt like it was more so driven by uh, uh, the desire to not see people abuse bending the way that their bo- their father made them abuse mm. it. And, you know, and I mean, Zaheer, I know people can make arguments for Zaheer's motivations, but ultimately you know he has some mm. certainly good points as well i mean i don't know feel free to disagree with that too i mean i'm curious to see what your take is on zahir uh i mean i i do concur i feel like zahir is one of the uh, probably the best of the core villains and whatnot and i feel like they return to a lot of what made avatar avatar with their uh theological approach to it uh okay. But at the core, I feel like uh, the outcome of what Zaheer essentially wrought, which was uh, briefly for a time, essentially anarchism. Like, uh, Zaheer was meant to be prosed as a dichotomy to the Avatar in that they both promote uh, individualistic freedoms and whatnot, uh, and impartiality. and from Zaheer's perspective, that means an abolishment of government and overlying control and whatnot. And uh, yes, uh, concurrently, the Earth Queen was essentially a dictatorship and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no other way around it. Like, uh, he, he killed a bitch and she was a bitch. Uh, and obviously, I mean, his individual story is uh, very compelling, but I feel it almost undermines his character in that he wasn't able to recognize that anarchism leads to a power vacuum and there was a previously established uh, power structure without any movement to revolutionize or create some sort of permanent change. Hence why in the very next season, you essentially end up with the restoration of the Earth power under Prince Wu and then Kuvira comes in, his militarism and whatnot, but to essentially establish the same routine. There's no real change to what he did and he very easily could become i mean he is the most profound of the uh villains in the legend of Korra series but i feel like then they do they don't do the, him the justice of uh giving him the amount of what i feel would be gravity and respect and uh to what he had to his own cause and his inability to see through with that there was no contention like it, it it just genuinely feels like at some point it became just a a a bit of a shit fest and i mean evidently uh they were leaning to that with like a significant other being killed and hence him finding total complete enlightenment from all uh physical Peppers. possessions materialism and whatnot yeah exactly uh which i think is just uh, a very formidable thing uh conceptually to have a primary antagonist with no 
materialistic tether to society and whatnot. But that's where the dichotomous nature of Zaheer and the avatars uh, separate, in that the avatar must exist in the physicality as an impartial, impartial uh, source of reckoning, rather than Zaheer's idea of everyone being free of all materialistic desire and hence freedom <laughs> being attained through enlightenment or something along those lines. <laughs> they, they could have taken Zaheer places, but then they didn't. Mm -hmm. That made me sad. Yeah, I, I definitely see that too. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I do concur with you. The villains certainly do keep people going, aside from Unalog. Yeah, I mean, Unalog was pretty dissatisfying. And to be honest, Kavira had a lot of issues too that I just... Uh, she certainly did, yeah. But um, I think at the end of the day, I think Legend of Korra is worth watching if even once, but, uh, you know, you could watch uh, The Last Airbender all day, everything was gone, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And it was very intriguing to see the return of, you know, um, uh, what was that gentleman's name? They referred to him as the, um, oh, Combustion Man. Um, yes, Certainly His the style. tattoo, and, yeah. Mm. And when it comes to talking about Zaheer's girlfriend's you know untimely death uh certainly incredibly brutal oh yeah they they don't hold back no yeah and i mean there are arguments to uh the comics uh which occur post uh the legend of Korra and whatnot which was still under the creative guidance of uh the two writers who aren't aaron ehars i've forgotten their names mm. uh Personally, I feel like they've derailed significantly more than the Legend of Korra did. Like, uh, they made Korra's dad uh, a homophobe, essentially. And yeah. just a lot of questionable things. Oh, yeah. uh, they also disregarded, because, I mean, post the Kuvira fight, a lot of people ended up being homeless. And mm -hmm. uh, then they start looking towards uh, uh, political aid and uh, Korra and whatnot for assistance, as they do. And they've essentially absorbed uh, absolved Korra of all responsibility, and she starts shouting at the, all these homeless people uh, who've been disenfranchised as a result of her own actions and whatnot. Which, I mean, we're running out of time, or at least we would be if we cared about time. But she's essentially a Mary Sue, <laughs> and and they don't let go of that theme. No, absolutely, they, uh, yeah. She, she learns nothing from her villains. At the end of the day, like, the villains all lose the ideological uh, premises and it essentially becomes a punch-up. She hits them really hard and then she goes away and wins. Yeah. So here, there were almost ramifications, but they didn't last long. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, you know, you see Zaheer's effect on the Avatar as a whole, but not as much yes. uh, the rest of society. Exactly. Either way, uh, it's it, it's an all right series. I I, I will admit it. I, it's as as long as you don't look at it after you've watched it, it's it's all sure. right. Yeah, and, and don't look at the comics if if you feel like having a nice day. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you should just watch it backwards. Yes. There you go. Yeah, just like undo the entire series. <laughs> watch everything <laughs> unfold. 
in yeah. reverse, so it never <laughs> happens. That's genius, and I'm going to be doing that tonight. Yeah, because it'll be like, the you got the Legend of Korra, and then after that, when you finish that series, you can watch the Avatar, which is just so much better. It's <sighs> true. Not, I could not say enough praises for the Avatar series as it is. Absolutely. <sighs> We'll probably bring you back for when Netflix comes out with their live action and whatever the oh. cartoon adaptation is. Oh, <laughs> uh, but we need a trash on it if it's bad and then begrudgingly admit it was okay if it was. Yeah. It probably I mean, won't be. To make a brief derailment, but uh, I'm not sure if any of you had watched the uh, anime uh, Death Note. Fairly short anime, but uh, naturally, yes. The Netflix adaptation, I uh, was garbage. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I I made it about thirty minutes in, and then I had to stop because it was so bad. And the only reason I made it thirty minutes was because I am a very big fan of um, the actor Willem Dafoe, who uh, uh, voices. um, Oh my gosh! Yes, thank you. Yes. But uh, otherwise, uh, that was the yeah. It was rough. That was the only good thing about the live-action Death Note movie. Ryuk aesthetically, Agreed. visually, and yes. as you said, his voice actor, fucking insane, on point, absolutely gorgeous. That was the only reason why I watched the entirety of the yeah, film. That, Beyond that, everyone that. else is fucking garbage. Yeah. So Netflix needs to stop. Stop. They really do. Just stop touching oh. things. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch things that are uh, not supposed no. to be touched. Stop Americanizing shit, alright? Oh. Death Note doesn't occur in fucking Washington, D.C. or wherever. I've forgotten. It's already. actually Washington State. Seattle? Which is where I'm at, yeah. Not close enough. But still. <laughs> I get you. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ah. Ah, yeah, yeah. I mean. It wasn't really that hard to keep it mise-en-scene. It, I mean... Either way. It, okay, it probably one. was, but still. I, Either <laughs> way. Oh, oh my God. God. If, if you love the level of, you know, quality content and analysis and bullshit that we provide for you out here on the ALW podcast, as per usual, don't forget to hit that fucking like button, ring the notification bell, subscribe, share this with your grandma, your aunt, your sister, unless, you know, she's stolen the rest of the ice cream again. That little snipe. Either way. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think we're coming to a little bit of a, a bit of a, bit of a close, as, well, as some people you say. for having me on. I very much appreciate it. Been looking forward to thank it. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you. Yes. And of course, uh, as we always say, we're not going to synchronize this. We're horrible. So everyone just say it at your own pace so that everyone home can cringe. And but, uh, oh, any last words? last words? <laughs> We'll get it in post. Horrible as usual. I feel like yeah, we should just usual. say it one by one, as in like each word. Like in the intro? I see, and then you can cut it and layer it over each other. I probably can, <laughs> because the tracks are independently recorded. Yes. God damn it. Now if I don't do it, people are going to point that out. Everybody write down in the comments if I didn't do it and make fun of me for not doing it. I won't care, but you'll feel better for it. 
I'll probably make fun of you anyway, whether you did or not. If we get three likes, um, we'll punish Callan for not doing it. This is true. Even if he doesn't. So what if I do do it? And if you do do no. it, then no punishment. Punish Oh. Yay! Oh, my favorite. I I think I like Justice for oh. idea better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get I mean, some audio clips from your your screams for my joysticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm happy to contribute to something which we've put a significant amount of money into. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. Yes, naturally. Either way, thanks for coming out, everybody. Fuck off now. Uh, babies don't belong in movie theaters or on planes. That's not controversial. That's a standard procedure. Uh, if I see a baby in a movie theater, I'm gonna fucking punt that baby. You're gonna get that <laughs> baby, baby out plane, of that movie theater. I'm gonna stick its head outside the fucking eject door. Huh? Well, Be gone. Just this head? Uh, it's... Okay, <laughs> Gesundheit. We're gonna end it with that. We're gonna end it with that. We will. I'm gonna like cut that sneeze and move it to the end of the discussion just so we can ensure that it's always. It'll be end. five seconds of silence, <laughs> sneeze, and then, oh, there, there you go. There we go. We've got Another two one. sneezes.